All right, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And today we have arrived at a new episode. I'm David. That's right. This is Arrivals, and yet I do not see Amy Adams or Charlie Sheen anywhere. It's a shame. It's a shame. Oh, wasn't there a sequel to that, or, or is that another movie with a similar title? There was like a direct-to-video sequel to the Charlie Sheen one that did not have Charlie Sheen in it. Yeah. I think I just confuse it with Contact, oh. which was the one that was, I don't know, there was a novel. There, the 90s one was The Arrival. Arrival, right, the Arrival. Is, is the more recent one based upon a book, I think. Yes. Oh, come on, buddy. It was a really good movie, but for somehow, I don't remember the ending. It's okay. That's a pretty good ending. Mm. I have to rewatch that one of these days. Uh, but uh, that Charlie Sheen arrival is pretty fun, too. Uh, reasonably good for, like, a 90s cheesy sci-fi alien invasion. It's got the 90s uh, greatest evil yuppie Ron Silver. I have not seen any of these. And But much like Contact, they both... Uh, involve like uh, the big Arecibo, oh yeah, uh, radar dish in uh, oh yes in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. which also plays an important part in the 1995 James Bond movie Goldeneye. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh yes, the first time I think I saw Sean Bean die on film. Oh yeah, he gets the entire Arecibo t- uh, telescope falling on him. <laughs> yep. Oops. R.I.P. Him. <laughs> Oh, that might be preferable to uh, uh, to getting frozen solid by liquid nitrogen, like uh, Alan Cumming in that movie. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Or alternately, getting crushed between Famke Jansen's thighs, like a Canadian admiral in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that that's an excellent Bond movie if you like Bond movies, and hmm. Famke Jansen gives an all-time totally deranged performance. Those are always good. Uh, she's she's basically just the Baroness from G.I. Joe. <laughs> nice. If the Baroness was also a sexual deviant. I mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We're not going to rule it out. All of Cobra are basically just like... <laughs> it's it's the, the guy with a monocle and no shirt who just Dr. stole <laughs> refuses to put on a shirt who is a You've scientist the, the couple who are super into BDSM and make it everyone's problem <laughs> so the Baroness and Destro and then of course Raptor the Cobra accountant who dresses like a big bird who's just a furry <laughs> man Cobra's so great they're so ridiculous I love them. Meanwhile, I assume the Dreadnoughts subsist entirely on old porno mags they found out in the woods. <laughs> yes, just like slightly water-damaged Playboys from 1974. Well, that's how they used to grow back in the day. They just <laughs> arrive in the woods. Uh, so anyway, this episode, this is Arrivals. Uh, this, is the f- this is the third episode of season four. Uh, first aired April 30th, 2016, uh, written by show uh, story editor Nicole Dubuck. Uh, last seen, of course, writing all sorts of things. Yeah, 
doing voice work and uh, last, being all kinds of important. In fact, she wrote the season premiere, so that's why we were just talking about her. Yeah. Uh, she'll also go and write a bunch of uh, Rescue Bots Academy and then uh, a bunch of all a bunch of Earthspark. Yes. So we open, and uh, and Frankie is adjusting to uh, to her own new normal, which is that she now has a baby sister, who is... Uh, yeah. Oh, it turns out babies ruin everything. I continue to be convinced that her name is CC, as in cubic centimeter, as in a common <laughs> unit of measurement in scientific things. I just think about pizza or a character from um, Code Gaius. It was named CC, but it was C initial C. I uh, I was mostly thinking about uh, former Yankees pitcher CC Sabathia. I think one of these theories sounds a lot more likely in this context than the rest of them. <laughs> Possibly, that's the baseball one, right? Mm, sure. Anyway, you know she's she's wrecking her science project. She's eating her her uh, her oscilloscope. Oh, babies. Oh, babies are horrible. Hey, you know, she, she tries to uh, she tries to pour out her sorrows to her pal, uh, Cody. But unfortunately, he is currently inside Blades, and they're having a rescue race. But in robot mode, because they can do that. They can just run in robot mode through the town now, so they are going to. <laughs> now, in- initially, I thought this was a thing where they'd set up, like, like a fake town, uh sort of as like a training ground, but no, they're doing this in the actual town, yeah. which turns out to be a bad idea. What? Where people are actually like- trying to live and do other things? I don't think we see people in the background until we see a man getting in a rocket that's apparently attached to his house. Yeah, you have household I have- rockets on this island? I have a lot of questions. Well, whenever you see like like the whole like like the, the big background painting of the town, there's always like a house with a rocket nearby it, and that's this guy's house, I guess. Uh-huh. I, I mean, that there's rockets on the island, not surprising. That it's like connected to some guy's garage as the gantry. Little weird, even for this place. <laughs> and, and he's just walking around in a spacesuit. I assume it's he's like the guy from the opening of that movie, Heavy Metal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where's the orb? It's just, it's like he's commuting. He's hes just commuting somewhere that yeah, requires so, so, him to have a spacesuit. So please check this guy's briefcase for the Lochnar. <laughs> there's going to be, uh, there's going to be uh, green glowing, possibly some zombies, definitely some 80s hair metal. Yes. The most important part. It is your one-way ticket to midnight. <laughs> oh. Man, I should rewatch that movie. And uh, notably, this guy is apparently Mr. Cullen. Yes, he gets a name, and it's Mr. Cullen. Nice reference. To to what? There's so many possibilities. Uh, <laughs> is there Cullen Bunn, one. the writer? It's a Transformers series. It's a reference to Peter Cullen. Oh, boy. Sorry. Oh, oh, I thought you like, were Cullen kidding. Is just some weird company. Yeah. No, I wasn't kidding. It wasn't like the first thing to pop to mind. I figured Sorry. you were. I know it should have been being silly. Wow. Okay. Well, I was trying to remember. I swear, <laughs> there's like a video game where like the main character's last name is Cullen, and it wasn't coming to mind. I mean, there are people with that name, but it's a Transformers thing. It is 
this this guy definitely li- lives on like Welker Avenue or something. Also, also like <laughs> yes. I think I think it is like ye olde New England. There was a Collins or something. I mean, there's the something Collins from Twilight, but let's never mention them again. Oh, maybe that's what was throwing me off. I was thinking like New England family Cullen, and that might have been. Weren't they in the Pacific something Northwest? Something got smushed in this. Oh yeah, they were in uh, Fork. Yeah, it was uh, Forks, Washington. I've only seen the first one and bits of riffs of the other ones. I've seen the hideous CGI baby. Ugh. That's pretty bad. I don't baby. think I made it to the hideous CGI baby. I just watched them through rift tracks <laughs> and I, to make them tolerable. I've seen clips of VTubers watching it and the utter horror as one of them experiences it for the first time. Uh. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? No. So anyway, they totally slam right into this guy's rocket, and surprising, and surprise, surprise, this rocket is full of rocket fuel. <laughs> yes. As they tend to be. And this thing just bounces down the street, leaving volatile rocket fuel splashing all over the place. So, so that's not great. Also, so they they as they're having their race through the actual town, they they were running through what in my notes I refer to as a Terminator Two drainage area. <laughs> kind of yeah. The, the Terminator Two drainage area, which I don't know that they need in Maine, but I guess they do. I'm not, uh, I thought it, it was like two streets on different levels, but maybe it was supposed to be a dream. It's, it's, a de- it's the designated car chase area of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if if at any point you hear Guns N' Roses, you could be mind playing. You must <laughs> leave that area immediately. Yes. <laughs> it's about to be something cinematic happening in that area. Hmm. Also, as uh, Cody is commiserating with Frankie. He makes some comment about uh, how he he understands siblings. He had Cade. And I'm thinking, yeah, Cade as an older brother would probably be just as bad as an actual baby brother. (laughs) That's fair. Anyway, there's this rocket for some reason. It is 100%. Everything that happens here is 100% their actual fault. Absolutely. Well, sometimes you have to make the peril yourself. I guess. Sometimes the episode's just not going to start until you go out and put someone in peril. So they have, it's, it's time to assemble the team. Chase is giving a career day presentation to a bunch of extremely bored children. Not even, yes. like, there are adults. <laughs> there are also well, there adults, are some adults there. there, too, yes. yes. I guess they're supervising the children. And, you know, he's really disappointed because three hours is barely enough to touch the surface of uh, law enforcement. The adults definitely felt like that was plenty of time. Which, it, it, it just hit me. It's like, oh, wait, he's Signal Man from Car Ranger. Like, he's a cop who explains traffic laws and is a robot from no, space. He just explain things. 
has to explain uh, the Well, laws. it just makes me think of uh, tow line. Yes. No parking, no parking means, means no, no parking. parking. He was about towing you and in, in, I guess, drag- where the fuck did he deposit the cars he towed away? Ooh, uh, tow line? Yeah, tow line. Did- I'm trying to remember now. You drag him to the edge of town and throw him in a river? I've not seen that episode in, like, 20 years. I'll have well, to yes. uh, get out that DVD and also my region-free DVD player because it only came out <laughs> in the UK. Hmm. And I guess while I'm anyway, at it, so connect it to my CRT for the proper viewing experience. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. proper 2002 viewing experience. And meanwhile, Boulder is at the library, and he's at the book. He's uh, he's at the book club. Yeah, yes. that was adorable. It's like he's so happy. He's got people to talk to now and read books. But uh, you got to turn your phone off when you're uh, when you are your phone when you're in the library. So he he alas has to leave this discussion of a tale of two cities hmm. and roll to the rescue. <laughs> he says it was the best of timing. It was the worst of timing. Ah, literary jokes. (laughs) He's a good boy. They're all good boys. But he's especially good. Oh, so they... they, Back at the rocket, they they use a lawn gnome to plug a hole in the rocket. And I don't know why, but that was really funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) Lawn gnomes are always funny. Yeah. Lawn gnomes are never not funny. So they, they do indeed get there, and they... They do save the day, but at the cost of kind of wrecking everything. <laughs> well, yeah. A large and chunk also, of the street, again, yes. this entire thing was their own fault. Hmm. Frankly, Heatwave should have known better. Blades? Yeah. No. Mm. But Heatwave should no. have known better. Yeah, next time run up by on the mountains or something. Run to Doc's place. Not in town. So, uh... So- or maybe maybe on the the big race course that you have. That's where you can have a race. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were doing it in robot mode, and that's a Hot Wheels track. Oh, this is there a comment about also like how they're doing it to gain attention in their respective fan clubs or something? Yes, that is um, something that comes up that. when they are being reprimanded. Hold on. But it wasn't like there were people on the sidelines cheering them on, so I don't know what they were hoping to accomplish. Insta. They were doing it for the Insta. Uh, so the, the the chief is not thrilled. <laughs> not, no. He is unamused. And also the doc drops by because he's trying to figure out what is up with this ground bridge. You know, every, everything checks out. He even brings out his, uh, his toast-obsessed robot dither. Yes! Hmm. Uh, to uh, to try and go in and out a couple of times, and you know he's he's very disappointed because the last time that uh, Lavar Burton had a robot buddy, he was much better than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. I think Dither loses his toast on one of the trips. It it just dematerialized. Yeah. What what came back was no longer toast. I mean, you sent this guy over and over through this again. You were just asking for, like, a Tuvix situation? Oh, like no. Like, he's going to get bonded with the toast? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Be like a robot made out of bread? <laughs> a brundle baguette? We're going to we're gonna have to call in uh, uh, Kate Mulgrew to, uh, to kill, this guy, kill this thing. Oh, no. No, she will, too. 
Anyway, but uh, so Chase, you know, he decides that uh, he, you know, trying to set a robot through, so he is gonna he volunteers to be the guinea hog. <laughs> He's trying. He's still trying. So, uh, so he and also uh, there there is a bit that I greatly appreciated where Heatwave is is telling them all about how they're going to focus on their actual training and not have time to just go around doing stupid things. And he says they're going to focus on their mission. And Blade says, learn from the humans. And I appreciate a good opening song lyric drop. (laughs) Not quite a title drop. Possibly better even than a title drop is a theme song lyric drop. So A plus to that. Also, when they're uh, investigating the ground bridge issues, uh, Dot Green su- suggests that maybe what happened was a one-time bug, and not the good kind, like a honeybee. Which is <laughs> important to clarify. So Chase and Heatwave head through, and immediately it screws up, and they end up on the mainland, possibly not even the main land. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Chase's perhaps not main at all. Yeah, I, I just finally got the mainland gag that presumably was in previous episodes. It's like, oh yeah, me. Now I wonder if Chase is just assumes that it's called the mainland because it's Maine, or <laughs> if he thinks the state is named after it being the mainland. Yeah. Wait, which side of the road were they driving on when they got there? Oh, you think this is maybe England? Well, considering the the accent that shows up, yes. Well, that's true, and also the uh, the license or the uh, steering wheel. Hmm. It's on the wrong side. Oh. <gasps> dun dun dun! I didn't notice that. So yeah, they uh, they end up driving the wrong way on this bridge. This minivan goes careening off in a in a horrifying accident. Hmm. So, but before they can break cover, a, a mysterious sports car uh, helps out with a bunch of like w- wacky gadgets. It's a very jazzy looking sports car. Ah, was it a, a Rolls Royce? Mayhaps. I, I, I don't think. I, I was thinking more like a Jaguar. Oh, hmm. I was thinking more like oh, a Porsche. Jaguar but... Or, of course, I guess the the obvious answer is that it's an Aston Martin. Oh. oh. Yes. So anyway, they get back through the uh, the ground bridge, and surprise, surprise, this car has followed them. Hmm. But when they open up the door, it's empty. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. But it is indeed a British car because it does have its steering wheel on the wrong side. Hmm. I am a little surprised that they did not, that they were apparently so quick to write off the possibility of it being a Cybertronian that it, like, doesn't even really come up. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it was weird that it, like doesn't come up to the end of the episode it's like this this car just did some rescue bot shit it followed us maybe we should interrogate it <laughs> i mean at least chase should come up with something dumb like that allow me to well, it's, in- it's, interrogate the offending vehicle it's not even that it's that when it does finally come out they seem to have just immediately ruled it out before even like considering that like it yeah. couldn't possibly be that because we would have been informed ahead of time. 
Because we would have seen an Autobot symbol or Decepticon symbol on it somewhere, maybe conveniently hidden under the uh, weird mud that it's got on its front end, considering it was in the middle of a city. Indeed. Yeah, somebody needs to tidy up a little bit. Yeah, it should have at least been rainy where they teleported to, like there was mud on the There is definitely some conspicuous mud on this car's front end, covering any kind of emblem. Oh, Benjen. Oh, and there's even, like, was it, is it when it, the car first shows up, or is it later that we get 007-ish music? Yeah, there's definitely a, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, uh, late motif for this thing. Uh, at what point so, in the episode anyway, does they, Ch- uh, at what point in the episode does Chase refer to a sugary fruit drink and being beaten? Yes, it uh, or beaten too. It's a little after this that okay. uh, that they were beaten to the sugary fruit drink. Yes. <laughs> All right, with the first, yeah. Mm. So you know. So they're going to run this thing's place, and they're going to see what's up with it. And that's fine, but, uh, you know, so now, you know, we're just going back to the base, and we're just going to stick, we're, we're only going out for emergencies. No more book clubs or career days or whatever. No more of this nonsense. That's right. No more having a social life. No more work-life balance. There's only work. That's right. And Boulder uh, proposes they have a Firehouse book club, which seems to have a great deal of fan fiction potential, and I look forward to entertaining this idea. (laughs) Oh, but it's like, what what book are those four going to agree to read? I mean, you're basically, you're getting maybe Blades, probably not Chase, definitely not Heatwave, may get like Frankie and Graham involved. Hmm. Yeah. Danny wants to join in, but she will. She insists on only reading Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> well, I would imagine they they get a book written in Maine, so we get a Stephen King book, and Blades just freaks out. <laughs> no, Blades is totally excited about it, but also freaking out a little bit. How can the car be evil? <laughs> Why is it trying to hurt people instead of helping them? It's not even Cybertronian. Maybe it's secretly a Decepticon. Yeah. I mean, I think my most wanted crossovers figure is indeed a transforming Christine. That would be pretty great. I mean, well... Ooh, that I, that'd be a good idea for a movie, but it never happened. Just like a Decepticon menacing the shit out of someone. <laughs> Just in car mode, secretly. It's like the movie, oh, Bumblebee shows up at the end to save the day or something. But just a murderous car. But then it would be a murderous car killing people, so... Eh. I mean, plenty of people get killed in those live-action movies. Yeah, yeah, there, there was quite a lot of uh, death in that Bumblebee movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Optimus Prime uh, kills Frasier in that fourth one. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, that doesn't count. And that was Frasier. Hmm. Yeah, everyone knows Frasier isn't people. <laughs> anyway, so so cut to the, cut to that night and that mysterious car. It it pulls a Christine and takes off on its own. <gasps> dun dun dun. Yeah, the next the next day, you know, everybody you know blades is out on patrol looking for an emergency. There are absolutely no emergencies, and he's so bored. Even Don is obeying the speed limit. Yeah. Weird. 
and you know Frankie and Kate are just going for a walk with uh, Cece and her little uh, little Grogu uh, floating thing. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, this is before Grogu, huh? Well, no, I guess there there was a floating baby thing in one of the earlier seasons too. I mean, hover stroller seem like a well. I guess there was there was Robo Baby. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. Oh the Robo Baby. Oh right. no, Robo Baby. <laughs> and of course, it, it, it's notable that Cece is a very intelligent baby and is uh, very good at doing this like sort of Simon thing that uh, Doc Green's built for her. Yes, matching colors and sounds and patterns. So they're out there, and then shockingly, uh, you know this uh, this guy's uh, this guy trips in the uh, in the street. He's looking for his glasses. Matt Murdock is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> He's about to be hit by Don, but oh, in comes the spy car. <gasps> dun dun dun. Da-da, da-da, da-da. So pretty quickly they figure out that it has disappeared, and it is now on the loose on its own. They think someone stole it. Who's? They don't have car thieves in Griffin Rock. They have those two druid guys. Yeah. And I guess it could have been them. Uh, Griffin Rock's that only criminals. That is the full extent of their... <laughs> yes, Griffin Rock's only criminals. Oh, they, they do bring up later that maybe it's Dr. Morocco. Yes, because Blades wants to everybody to check to see if there's an M logo on anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's great because Dr. Morocco does indeed love branding. He does. He understands the importance of it. (gasps) Maybe it's a Mercedes. Oh. What happened to him, I think? I don't know. So it even even fixes a guy who is double parked. (laughs) Yes. And at one point, well, and then, you know, they try and chase it. It escapes. It, It goes up on two wheels on its side, which I think may be a deliberate reference to a similar stunt pulled in Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't go through an alley going one way and come out the other. Well, no. Nor does it jump over a river uh, whilst a slide whistle plays. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that happens in Man with a Golden Gun. Okay. I don't remember the slide whistle. Oh, it, there's a slide whistle. And it's an amazing practical car stunt. Mm. But they just have this ridiculous uh, slide whistle over it. Okay, I, I remember some of the older movies had car jumps, but a slide was And of course, because it was the 70s, a Bond is also in this car chase with a redneck sheriff. Oh, <laughs> is it Joe Don Baker, or is that a different one? It's not Joe Don Baker. Okay. That's what you did in the 70s. It's uh, Clifton James, who is also the redneck sheriff in Superman 2. Oh. Oh. And it's the second movie with the, in which Bond meets a redneck sheriff. The first one takes place in, like, Louisiana, where you would expect to find a redneck sheriff. Yeah. And then the second one, this one's in, like, Thailand, but the redneck sheriff is there on vacation and meets Bond again? Oh, I thought... For some reason, I thought that was Joe Don Baker in those two movies. It is. Joe Don Baker is in three Bond movies, but not as a redneck sheriff. Okay. He plays two different characters. Weird! (laughs) In 1987's *The Living Daylights*, he plays a uh, a villainous arms dealer hmm. uh, who's involved with a phony Soviet detect, uh, defector in a scheme to smuggle drugs out of Afghanistan. Huh. And hmm. in 
He's also in Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies, both with Pierce Brosnan, in which he plays uh, Bond's CIA contact Jack Wade. Oh, with Brosnan. Oh, he comes back later. He does. Oh. They just loved uh, Joe Don Baker that much. I guess it was. He's I was a weird of, guy to have been in three Bond movies. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was confusing him with the sheriff that's in the two because right. I could have sworn he was in two with um Roger Moore. He is no. He is in one with Timothy Dalton. Oh. And two with Brosnan. Okay. The uh, the red the redneck sheriff is in two with Roger Moore. Ah, what are you, boy? <laughs> Some kind of doomsday machine. <laughs> I have not watched a lot of Bond. I have watched so every here. Bond movie. I've seen all the old ones, and I don't remember much of them. I saw two of the new ones? Three? I, I'm a Bond enthusiast. Hmm. I saw the one with Dave Batista and the one before that, I think. Okay, so you saw uh, Skyfall and Spectre. Oh, what was, what was the one before Spectre? Or before those two? That was Skyfall. Was there one before those two? With it's Casino Royale, Quantum of oh, Souls. Okay, so I saw Casino Royale and the one with Batista, and I think maybe one of the other ones. Okay, maybe. so it's Casino uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, No Time to Die. Who's hmm. Quantum of Solace? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're digressing. Quantum of Solace is kind of a snooze. Hmm. Anyway, so while the, all this is going on, Cece has. Uh, reprogrammed her, her stroller to obey her commands, and we've got a real baby's day out situation on our hands. <laughs> it, it doesn't quite go that far, but yes. She is taking herself for a walk. So she ends up going to the bank, and then accidentally locking herself in the bank vault, because the computer controls for the vault operate under the same principles as her, like, Simon thing, because they were both designed by her dad. Yes. <laughs> This is why you should not reuse passwords. So now, you know, all the bots have to bust into this vault. Uh, and, you know, Chase, you know, they're, they're trying, and, but, and, you know, Chase uh, heard a story about a, uh, a, a a door that once opened with the code word, Open Sesame. <laughs> yes. Uh, to which Heatweave replies, Open says me. <laughs> yes, the, the classic joke. And he rips this vault open, and Cece is no longer there, but there is an enormous hole that somebody's burned through the floor. Yeah, just molten edges in the floor, and it's like, the yeah, hell? I'm guessing the small child man? did not program her hover stroller to do this. So they, they track this down to a parking garage, where indeed Cece is unharmed, she's inside the car, and they finally... Okay, so what's the deal with this car? They're, you know... They're, they're talking to it. They've they figured out it's probably a robot. They've got it cornered. Mm -hmm. And so Heatwave finally does indeed hose this thing off. And yes, surprise, it is a, it is a rescue bot. <gasps> Goodness. Dun, dun, dun. And specifically, it is Qu it is Quick Shadow. Ooh. Which uh, the, the first and I believe only female, well, the first and only one in this series, uh, Quick Shadow. In Rescue that Bots, not this a, series. A very dramatic name. Yes. Hmm. It is a very Decepticon-ish name. I suppose. She has big, like, 
I don't know, like when uh, when Windblade first showed up in Robots in Disguise, she's got that kind of energy. Yeah, kind of. Except she doesn't give everybody nicknames. No. She should totally give everybody nicknames. The, the overly competent uh, one-man army, as it were. Or one-woman bot army. And who is that voice actress? Well, spoiler, sweetie, it is Alex Kingston. Hmm. Uh, you may know her from ER. Uh, she was on that show Arrow. Oh, okay. It was uh, who I thought. You probably it was. know her for playing uh, River Song on yes. Doctor Who. Oh. I didn't look it up, but I was like, is that River Song? It sounds very familiar. So she's actually English. Yes. That's what yes. you're saying. Okay. Uh, I recommend uh, seeing her with uh, Clive Owen in the in the movie Croupier. How do you even spell it's like a, It's like a good, uh, like, sort of British neo-noir movie. Is that a part of a bird's throat? No, that's the crop. A croupier is like a, <laughs> like the, like a guy who works uh, the tables at a casino. Okay. Like a, like a dealer. Oh, that's a weird name. Anyway, yeah, Alex Kingston. Ooh. Nice. We are Gazia, kind of a, once again a high profile voice actor from here because she was uh, like at the height of her Doctor Who fame around this time. Mm. Yeah, we are paying good money for the voice cast once again. Oh yeah. So yeah, she There's is so a, much uh, catting going on in my apartment tonight. And she says, hey, you know, everybody, uh, you know, shut your gobs because I'm pretty sure this is uh, Grim Rock. And don't you guys have like flying lobsters here? <laughs> She calls them flobsters. She knows about the flobsters. I mean, she knows about everything, as it turns out, which is a little off-putting. Yes. Again, sort of like uh, when Windblade shows up in Robots in Disguise and is a little off-putting with how on top of everything she is. So she's been working undercover under the Orders of Optimus Prime. Ooh. And uh, she is the reason why the, uh, the ground bridge has been screwed up, because she's been using her special abilities to summon it to her, which has resulted in them going to the Sahara or whatever, while she was oh. off doing, like, secret spy missions. Not special abilities in, like, a, a power sense, but I think she says that Optimus gave her something to to do that. So, I got, still, I got the, that's I got, like... Got that. Yeah, she is pulling rank on these poor kids. It's <laughs> it's a little mean. She, uh, she got that... Uh, that device from uh, Q Division, of course. Yes, of course. I do, I do bring this back in one piece, 007. So I, and you know, but she d- can't tell them what her actual mission is. It's a secret. Because <gasps> she's because she's special spy. ops. I like I don't know. I I don't expect rescue bots to have special ops because they're rescue bots. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, is she rescuing people or is she like assassinating Decepticons? Yes. Because <laughs> those are very different things. They they have different equally important roles. But okay. And then, you know, see, and Frankie accepts that, you know, she just has this baby sister and she's just going to have to deal with it. Yep. Mm. It happens. Babies happen. <laughs> no. Well, and that is the episode. I mean, it it it's fun enough. I don't exactly know what we're going with, uh, where we're going with Quick Shadow here. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it it kind of feels a little bit like 
guest star of the week, but also I assume it's not because you don't pay somebody that much to come be your... I mean, I guess if you're going to have a guest of the week, you might as well just pay them a whole bunch. But <laughs> see also Rescue Bots. But she is indeed turning up next week. Okay. As well. Are we going to have a meta plot? I think maybe oh, we are. <gasps> That's kind of exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to the idea of a Rescue Bots meta plot. Well, yeah, we sort of had that before, with, at least with Morocco. Yeah, we did. He was kind of a, well, he was a recurring villain that sort of developed a plot. Well, hopefully they do a better job of having a meta plot than they did in the last season of Robots in Disguise. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, that, uh, that's enjoyable enough. And I'm, I'm interested to see where this quick shadow thing is going. Yeah. Interested to see how that all goes along. Now there's a girl. That that there's is a, kind of a nice uh, nice change. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Took them long enough. Ooh. All right. So that now takes us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. In a war that started millions, well, a disagreement over an artifact that started thousands, possibly millions of years ago. Trajan, the collector, is standing off against Oricon, the archivist, or, or wait, no. Oh, no, sorry, I've been reading a book. I <laughs> It's been slightly busy week-ish, like there's been lots of little things cropping up. I didn't get a chance to watch an episode of Power Rangers, or Super Sentai this week. Instead, I've been reading a book. Is it a book about Super Sentai? It, it is a book about Warhammer 40k. That's pretty different from Super Sentai. That is very different and sounds really bad. Ah. But I was sold on this book as it was described. Uh, an academic rivalry between a man who has infinite saves and a man who has infinite lives. Ha. Who just both happen to be robotic skull-faced killing machines. Ooh. I think that might have been the plot of that uh, Sins of Sinister thing in the X-Books. It is mm. kind of like that. I, I read that story, and, and it is a bit like that. I, I don't barely know shit about Warhammer, so I have no idea what half of it's going on. But, it, like, a few chapters in, I realized the two main characters that are in this rivalry... In my head, I'm reading them as Fraser and Niles bickering <laughs> at each other. And it works so well. Guys. In the grim darkness of the future, there is only Fraser. <laughs> yes, like one of the early one of the early chapters, the one that's the collector, Trajan Trajan, something like that. Trajan. Like he, he has a planet that's a collection of so many things of of he's set up like how people collect miniatures. He has actual full-size soldiers stuck in stasis in a staged battlefield and other things. And, like, his archivists in the basement, like, we're collecting so many books, we need to expand. We have to expand to the wine cellar and, and take over that. And he's like, no, do not touch the wine cellar. Do not touch the sherry. And they're like, but we're all robots. We can't drink it. Yes, but it stays in the wine cellar. <laughs> are these Are these necrons... Yes. Because I like some Necrons. I do love some Necrons. I Necron love Necrons aesthetic. now. I didn't know shit about Necrons before this book, other than, oh, they're robot skeletons. I fucking love them. I've. I'm. The lore. On the, like, the last 
40 pages right now. I sort of briefly dabbled in some some assorted Warhammer stuff. Uh, I, I had a little Dark Eldar army. Uh, mm. But uh, the lore does seem a lot more interesting than just sitting around a table throwing like literally twenty d sixes to determine damage. So yeah, I, I don't I don't want to play the actual physical game one because it's I looked up a fi- if the, how many figures of Trajan are there? There is one little tiny three inch tall plastic model that costs 30 fucking bucks and it's unpainted yeah you gotta paint it yourself that's that's the whole thing i mean i understand that but after being spoiled apparently by transformers which are going up in price a lot the fact that for 30 dollars i get a little tiny thing that's not fucking painted feels wrong <laughs> i mean if it was, if it was that size and like fully painted yeah sure but for a little tiny lump of plastic i would think 10, 15 bucks. Yeah, that was the other reason I kind of fell out of it, because it is expensive, and I stopped having a regular regular employment, but... uh, There have been a couple of articulated Necron figures, but they're not that great, and none of them are named characters, they're just like generic warrior shit. So I would have to customize the shit out, customize that to make it into a Trajan, because I really like... He's Fraser in my head. He's awesome. <laughs> He's a nerd who collects shit. Or, or just buy, uh, what's the the KZ series ro- droids from Star Wars and really heavily modify it because I found one online for only $15. That's cheaper, but it would require more modifying. <laughs> so I'm tempted to make a toy of this book. Also, I discovered, like... I'm like near the end. I finally figured out who the author is. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever heard of extra history on YouTube? No. No. I haven't heard of anything on YouTube. I think we've established this. It, it's a series of history podcasts that's been going for a long time. I think they start out like doing extra something about video games or something, but it's like about history. Now they do long series. And like the head writer of that is the guy that wrote this book, which explains why there's so many... Things that feel like allusions to actual history, but are not because this is made up nonsense in space. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, it, I, I would recommend this book. It is fun. And I don't know shit about the series. And it's like, well, I want more Necron books now. Oh, there aren't that many. Oh, I'd love to play a, a game where you play as a Necron. There's like maybe one. However, it's not like in my brain, like the perfect game for this would be a pointed click adventure where you're one guy being hassled by the other guy and thwarting his plans. Yeah, that was part of the problem was that most of it, it's got some real most bad main character. Yeah, and it's got a lot of focus on space marines. Yeah, you're there in like a Doom game or like a strategy battle but yes everything's fucking doom marines it's like i don't give a shit about the humans <laughs> no one should they're not important fun characters who live for thousands of years and carry on petty squabbles about acad- academic research it's like that's my jam <laughs> anyway yeah no no sentai next week probably okay okay T- oh, today well, was a book report Okay, well that does it there for uh, for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. And of course, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on Mastodon. And we have a Patreon. 
Yes, uh, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. For the month of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my brain just blue screen. For the month of November... <laughs> It's been one of those weekends. Month not found. Uh, for the month of November, well, because I was about to say for the month of Thanksgiving, and then I realized that that's not the name of the month. That's just the holiday of Thanksgiving, which we are doing a special on. There aren't a whole lot of Thanksgiving specials. Uh, some of them are good, uh, but we are doing the Garfield Thanksgiving special, which is definitely a thing from 1989 oh it sure is and uh yeah wild times wild times i i would say i don't i'm i'm sort of curious how it holds up uh in comparison to uh the bloom county a wish for wings that work oh i haven't seen that which as it turns out does not hold up very well it doesn't I was uh, I was stuck on an overnight shift on Christmas Eve uh, year before last and just kept looking up old holiday specials on YouTube uh, and and there's some eh, there's some sort of iffy stuff in there but uh, but yeah so we are going to be uh, here in the American Thanksgiving and not the Canadian Thanksgiving, which John Arbuckle helpfully explains, is the second Monday of October. Uh, That's accurate. <laughs> the, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Don't spoil the podcast. <laughs> but yes. But yes, we will be discussing the 1989 Garfield Thanksgiving special. Uh, that is over at our Patreon, uh, uh, patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. All right. And we'll be back next week with uh, when we find that our group of rescue bots now has a plus one. <gasps> oh, no. Awkward. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Uh, come to our Discord. Or see us on Mastodon. Maybe we should start a book club. Probably we won't start a book club. I need to read more, but like this is just an odd coincidence of recommendations that led me to this. I'm David. I'm making you all read Shards of Earth. It's amazing. Oh, right. The name of the book is The Infinite and the Divine. Go read it. Bye.